They condition us to think that there is no room for error, and that's really just not the case. So today I've invited a dear friend, Miss John Means, to talk about what happened to her when ultimately her plans for college completely changed. So, Jonna, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to finally have this conversation with you. How have you been, Jonna? I've been good. Um, just getting used to this new norm. Um, so working and trying to get ready for this upcoming school year, but overall I've been pretty good. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm good too. Like you said, getting used to the new normal. I remember <laughs> coming to ECU for the first time. Yeah, so my first time coming to ECU was actually at Admitted Students Day. I came to campus and I just thought it was this beautiful place. Everybody was super nice. The Pirate Pride really ran deep and it was an amazing place. And so I just took it with a grain of salt and I decided that this is where I wanted to spend my four years. And soon after that, I was here as a full-time student. Do you regret? <laughs> coming here? <laughs> I don't regret it. Um, I will say that plans change, which is okay. And that's something that I've had to learn. But I've really enjoyed my time here and just being involved with as many things as I have been. Um, I've met some amazing people. And even though things may not have gone the way I wanted them to with the degree per se, I have met some amazing people. I would not trade it for anything in the world. And I would honestly say that I don't know where I'd be without half of these people that I've met. So it's really been a blessing in disguise. I, I can absolutely agree with you there. I mean, if you would have told me that I'm, I did or I'm doing everything that I'm trying to do. I remember when I first started college, I thought that it wasn't okay. Like, if I don't do this, then it's not. It's going to be the end of the world because up until that point, that's what my parents always, or the expectations were so high to just yeah. be this person, be successful and all this. And it's kind of what we're conditioned to think. I don't think we leave ourselves room for error. I think we have this grand picture in our head of how things are going to go and we have to stick to it. And then the moment that we mess up even once, it's like the world is falling apart. And so it would be great if we weren't conditioned to think that way. I think we get a lot further um, and learn to take our mistakes with a little bit of grace and learn how to really come back from them. Yeah. They don't teach us how to fail. Yeah. They just teach us how to pick up the pieces, I guess. And sometimes not even that. And who's they, right? I don't even just mean like parents. I feel like even teachers, the entire way that we were brought up in this like if, if you make a C or a D or whatever, and I'm sure this con this concept is different for a lot of people, but it's like, if you don't move on to the next grade or if you don't have this GPA, if you don't graduate with honors, if you're not involved in these clubs and all that, like, you're a failure. So we are pushed to do these things and it's great. But then once we get to college and we start realizing that maybe it's not what I want to do, you know, how do you become your own person and do what you want to do? I think that was the hardest part for me to wrap my head around. It's definitely tough. Definitely tough. Do you think you were, we were ready to come to college when you came to college? Did you come your freshman year? Yeah, I came my freshman year. Um, so 
a little background. In middle school, I was at an Ivy school. Um, so everything was like knocked up a little bit more than, than a regular school. And I actually finished taking my last math class in 10th grade. So 11th and 12th grade, I had no math. I barely had any classes because I was so advanced. Oh, so you didn't have to do that in college? No. I got it out. Okay. I got it done. <laughs> so it was it was really good for the time being, but also in middle school, I don't think I had a good mindset of, of what exactly was going on. And because I was so advanced that what I was doing in that moment in time would actually impact me later on. Um, and so my IB school, it was from the sixth grade to the 10th grade. After I left my school, I did not feel that the IB program was for me. And so I decided to find something else that would be better. And I stumbled upon something called uh, middle college, which is the equivalent of early college, but it's just the last two years. I almost didn't get in. I almost didn't get in because my grades were not superb, but my principal told me that he saw something on, in me and that he just, he really wanted to give me a chance. I remember like boohoo crying, like, oh my God, I can't believe I almost messed it up. And he let me in and those were probably two of the best years of my life. I learned so much about myself and just the importance of actually taking pride in the work that I do. And so I get to ECU back in 2016 and from a mental standpoint, I was like, oh yeah, I got this. It's going to be a breeze. Mm -hmm. And then the reality of classes kind of hit me. The first class that I took ever at ECU was a chemistry class and it was at eight o'clock in the morning. Uh -uh. So why I did it to myself, <laughs> right, exams are not your friend in college, but I took it, didn't feel too great about it. I didn't know if it was me or if it was the teacher, um, and I ended up pulling out of the class. So ultimately, that put me behind a semester for applying to nursing school, which I didn't realize right then and there. Um, and so that was like my first kind of hit to my confidence, like, wow, I already had to pull out of a class. What am I supposed to do now? I'm a semester behind. What does this mean? Am I going to get in? Is that going to change my chances of me getting into nursing school? So I was ready, but I also wasn't ready. There was still a lot that I had to kind of walk into and learn in order to be successful. At that age, I had this plan for myself. I just wanted to graduate early. I was like, the number one thing I want to do, I'm going to go to college, get my things done, like make a few friends, but I'm going to go start working because my parents were like, you're not going to college to waste your time. You're going to get a degree and you go work, right? You go make money, you go live your life, blah, blah, blah. But it's not that entire plan like crumbled within that first year because reality hit at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think um, it's very interesting my mom said the same thing. You need to go and you need to graduate so you can get to working. And so another thing that we also have to be aware of is college is not cheap. Um, it was not until my supposed to be senior year. So my first senior year, I've got the mm -hmm. full year and then an extra semester. Um, yeah. That was the first year that I ever received any financial aid. So the first three years of college came out of my pocket or out of loans. Mm -hmm. um, and so automatically coming into college, I was conditioned to believe that my sole purpose for being there was to learn, to get my degree, and then to go straight into the work field so I could pay back what I owed. Um, and so that also, I think, takes a 
it takes a lot out of learning um, because you always have this thing in the back of your head, like, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I need to do. If I mess up any way, it's going to mess up. And so the, the first thing that I thought about with being that semester behind was, well, now that I'm behind a semester, that's going to equate some more money. And now that I have to pay more money, you know, how am I going to explain that to my mom or how am I going to work towards that? Um, and so it gets to be very tough when trying to balance out your or balance out the things that you need to do. In high school, it's almost like we're expected to come in and to know exactly what we want to do. I know that for the next four or five years, I'm going to be in school doing this to come out with a job that makes this much so I can do this and so forth and so on. And some people literally get to college and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. What do you, what do you mean? I, I need to choose now. And so it is amazing that schools give you a choice to be um, undecided or they let you, you know, do the general um, just coursework for, for you to have time to figure it out. It, it's very, it can be very daunting, for, especially not knowing exactly what you want to do. I've had plenty of friends that came in and they're like, I have no idea. They're like, I love this. I love this. I love this. I hate this. So I know I don't want to do this. But these three things that I love, like, they can't go together and they, they can't be separated with some of them. Like, it's, it's just very confusing. And it gets, it gets extremely um, stressful for someone who's coming in, spending the money, and still trying to figure out, what do I want to do? Because this degree is supposed to get me a good job. What do I want to do? What can I see myself doing in mm -hmm. five years? What yeah. is it going to be that's going to keep me afloat and allow me to live the life that I want to live? So it is a lot for an 18 or 19-year-old to think about, especially when you've graduated early. You know, it's opening a whole other world of possibilities. And you're like, I was, I was just living at my mom's house. <laughs> There's so many possibilities. Right. So many like I've been on a leash for the last 18 19 years and now like I can do whatever I want I can pick yeah. my degree I can, it's almost too much freedom Absolutely. You know? I know plenty of people also that you know they go in they pick a certain major and for the first two years they're like cruising on they that's exactly what they want to do right that's what they think they want to do and then they actually start the classes of this major and then they realize that's actually not what they want to do but then they can't change their major without setting them back like another year, another two years. So at that point, they're like, well, I guess I'll finish it out and do this. And then they graduate. And I know some people, they've never even used their major or they use it for like a few months. Yeah. My mother has a whole degree in business management and she works for the police department where she's not using any of that information. And she's like, well, I kind of want to go back to school. And I'm like... Okay, so what are you, <laughs> what, what, what are you going to study? She's like, um, I don't know. So, yeah. and granted, my mom came from a completely different time where, you know, she thought what she was graduating with in terms of debt was just astronomical. And then she sees my tuition and she's like, I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very interesting to, to talk to people and they're like, yeah, I've never used my degree ever. So, yeah, and. I wish I had more guidance, at least in high school. As far as like getting ready for what's actually about to happen, that never, I mean, that, that conversation never happened. It's more than just room shopping and picking out a major and making sure you have clothes and making room sure you have shopping. the right meal plan. It's, it's a lot more of a mental game. Like you really have to sit down and talk to yourself, be like, look, 
what what is it that you want? What is it that you want to achieve? Are you comfortable with the different outcomes that may come come from this one decision that you're going to make? And mm-hmm. so I think I, I really hope that um, it, incoming freshmen or people in general that they can get that guidance that they need, um, so they're not blindsided. Because a lot of people are blindsided when they come into college and they're like, "This is not what I signed up for." My first year, I had a friend group of maybe five or six girls. Three of them, they dropped out mm-hmm. for this reason. And I'll never forget coming to orientation. They said, look to your left. And we're like, okay, look to your right. All right, now look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, they said, two of those people aren't going to be here when you graduate. And I'm like, wait a second. There's only three of us. Is that me and you or you and her? Or what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And so... They give you these statistics and it's like not to scare you, but it's very real. It's very real. And you do not realize it until you're you're in that situation. I really didn't think it was real until, you know, freshman year was over coming into sophomore year. And I'm wondering, like, where are my friends? They're like, oh, no, I'm not coming back. I've decided to pr- pursue something else. So, yeah. And it's just like that. Like sometimes sometimes you don't even they don't tell you ahead of time. They're yeah. just not there. And they realize they're not there. Absolutely. The conversations happen after the fact. When I started college, I started at a community college mm-hmm. through not my own decision. At that point, my parents were like, you need to go to a community college, which there's nothing wrong with that. If anything, I recommend it. Considering everything, I do think that was the right choice for me. I mean, I got my gen eds out of the way, saved some money on college, you know, but then coming to a four-year university, seeing how different it is. Now I feel like I'm slowly piecing it together based on, like, reflecting on my own mistakes and the choices that I've made in life. I didn't know what I was doing two months ago. Is that not I'll come to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I tell people all the time, like, I really thought I had it all planned out. Like, I knew for a fact that I would be graduated. I would be a nurse. I would find some magical nursing career that's going to pay off all my student loans. I was going to be living lavish, have a new car, and, you know, be engaged. And it's just like all these different things that we thought were going to happen and all these different things that we we claimed for ourselves. And we were like, this is it. This There's no other way around it. Yeah. It's not that way. And I'm learning more and more that that's okay. It's like 100% okay. It is 100% okay to change. And it's 100% okay to to grow. I consider this in all portions of my life, but it's all growth. Growth changes. Growth is not constant. It's not something that is going to give you one new decision every day or one new decision every year. It's something that you kind of have to figure out and maybe step back from and and then grow some more from what you've done. So yeah, it's all about how you look at it. We know that now, right? So things were not going down this yellow brick road. What was going through your head? Like what at that point, you know, how were you dealing with it? I vividly remember calling my mom and crying and just telling her that I didn't know how it was going to work. 
Um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to pass these classes. I'm like, I'm studying, I'm studying, I'm studying, and I still can't get anything higher than a 75 on a test. And I said to her, well, maybe being a nurse is not for me. And she, she had to sit me down and say, look, just because you're not doing well right now does not mean that that's not God's plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And so I've really had to take some time and and look at the situation from afar. It's very easy to to look at it with your whole being and with all these emotions and mm-hmm. all these feelings and then you realize it's it's not it's not the end of the world. Um I, I remember crying, I remember sleeping and not studying. I remember trying to push it off and pretend like it wasn't real, but in the end, it's okay. It's all all right. Okay. I know. I'm like, I'm chuckling because I'm like, man, I remember feeling the same way not too long ago, too, you know? And um, I definitely had a few crying sessions with my mom, too. And she basically had similar, but my mom's really about tough love because I'm a big crybaby. So the only way to get to me is, well, did you die? Like, are you dying? Right? Are you bleeding at this moment? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. And she's just like, yeah, you're fine. Go. You're nothing's gonna help you by crying about it. So go figure out what you want to do. Right. Write it out. Come back. Talk to me about a game plan, and then we'll go from there. Which, for a lot of people, that's not. You're not. That doesn't work. That hurt my feelings at first a lot. And then once I realized, like, she was just giving me the same response. I was like, well, I can't talk to you about it. Okay. So at that point, I just kind of started doing my own thing. I also think that was my mom's way of letting go of the leash, you know, like trying to make me less dependent. I think she put you in the real world. I think that's exactly what she did. And my mom would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, She'll do the same thing. She'll, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Okay. So if that's not going to work, so what are you actually going to do? And Mm -hmm. it's the real world. I mean, and I think the biggest thing that we can all kind of relate to right now is this pandemic. We all had ideas of how these next few months were going to go. I had plans to go to Dreamville Fest with my friends. I was doing stuff in school that I was super proud of and couldn't wait to, to tell everybody about once the, once everything was finished and, you know, different projects and opportunities. And I'm like, yep, this is it. And then the whole world shuts down and it's like, okay, so you can't do any of that stuff. What are you going to do now? How are you going to make your time worth it now? And so I've gotten a chance to kind of get back to myself and enjoy the people around me. I got a chance to put down my phone and to have regular conversations with people. I've gotten closer to my roommates. I've um, been able to dive into art. I've been able to spend my time doing more pertinent things than just stressing about work and school and everything else that was going on. So I think that just shows you like, it may not seem like it in the moment that Mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay. But when you look back, like despite everything that's going on in the world, I'm still here. And that's a blessing in and of itself. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people can't say that. And so it's not the end of the world because I'm still here. And because I'm still here, I have to find a way to make it work. So there that's so true and you're right it wasn't the end of the world oh my god I'm hoping it's not the end of the world yeah, I'm gonna knock yeah, on anything yeah, right now knock on wood. yeah was not what I was expecting absolutely not I was like it's gonna blow over it's, no. just, 
It's not just stay inside. <laughs> Please wear your mask. Okay. <laughs> Please wear your mask. But it's all going to work out. And hopefully with the mandate of everybody wearing masks, um, we'll start to see these numbers drop and, and we can be like these other countries that have opened back up with, with limitations. So. We'll get there soon. Did you have any, obviously your, your friends helped you a lot, but what did you do on campus that helped you stay busy? I know you mentioned you're in the gospel choir, you were an orientation assistant. What motivated you to become more involved on campus? For as long as I can remember, I've always been a giver, a healer. Um, I had students calling me Mama John. I had, I I just, it's just who I am. I I love to give, I love to help people. Um, And so beginning, um, my freshman year, I wasn't involved in anything. I would study. I would take a nap. I'd study again. <laughs> I'd go to the dining hall and then I'd go to bed. Um, and my sophomore year, I was like, I was miserable. <laughs> I was like, this is not fun. This is not fun. And so that summer, I remember getting an email um, about an organization called Queen and You. And so they really focused on the advancement of colored women. Um, And so what we would do is we would go to local like elementary schools and middle schools and we would um, really work with those kids one on one. Um, These kids, I mean, I remember being young and looking up to college kids like they were some super, super woman or superhero. And I was like, wow, you know, so Mm -hmm. being be that for them was absolutely amazing. And so Queen and You really focused on training the young women and girls um, in the areas of like professional development, self-esteem, etiquette. And then they also worked on scholarship and service. And so I had a great time with that. I met some lovely girls that I still see in the Greenville Mall from time to time. And (laughs) I I love it. I was a light in their life and, and they loved it so much. You know, they messaged me on Snapchat asking when I was coming back. And unfortunately, um, we couldn't go back for whatever reason that year, but I was able to help them in more ways that I thought that I was able to. Um, I went out on a limb and I became an orientation assistant and that was a super easy way to have fun and still help all the incoming freshmen. And so you're working with thousands of um, incoming freshmen a semester or over the summer and you know, just being that one person that they can lean on. They're like, I have not stepped foot on this campus for more than orientation, but I know that John has got my back. I know that if I need anything, she's got my back. And mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed that. Um, I worked with Pirate Pals. So I did some tutoring for um, kids at the Pirate Athletic League here in Greenville. And um I say pirate athletically. Pirate athletically. <laughs> police, the police athletically. Um, <laughs> and so I got to work with them and that was fun. And gospel choir, like gospel choir, I told anybody it saved my life. It was me being able to bring like a piece of home in with other college students. And so I had the opportunity to be the president this past year. And I do believe um, I will continue to be the president for this upcoming year. It's just all contingent on what's going on with this virus. But each of these organizations that I've been in and each of these things that I've, I've indulged myself in for the last three years, 
it's not only helped me, but it's helped other people around me. And so knowing that I can get satisfaction from both parts, it was a no brainer for me. Get involved, find something that you absolutely love to do. And that can be your release from work. You know, like who would have thought that going to tutor kids was going to be the one break a week that, or that I needed? Who would have known that talking to girls about their self-worth and, you know, why they should do this and why they shouldn't do that and why you should be kind to one another, kind to one another, why those things would really, I never would have thought that it would have impacted me the way that it did. So the fact that I was able to do it and enjoy it, it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. And you kind of get like a high on it almost. That's yeah. probably a bad thing. Wanting to do it. You're so happy. Yeah. Like, I got you yeah. happy. Give me all the opportunities, but it, it's, it's amazing. And so once you get started, it's almost, it's, it's almost impossible to stop because you, you just want to keep helping. You just want to keep doing it. So, yeah. That's awesome. You're awesome, Jonna. You're absolutely awesome. Thank you. So, because you're such an awesome person, um, what would you tell incoming freshmen or anyone that start college or that are in college when they don't feel awesome? You know, what are some things that you think that have either helped you or that could help other people to mentally, maybe they're just not okay and they don't know who to talk to. They don't know where to start. They don't know if to break down or stay in bed or go to class or go to the gym. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of background on me. Mm -hmm. um, it was this past year that I knew that my mental health was declining. I knew that I was not where I needed to be, even though I was getting joy from, from being busy and doing that type of thing. At the end of the day, I did not feel okay. And so I went to crisis hours at the... Um, the counseling center, so ECU's Counseling and Development Center, um, and they were able to talk to me, and they were like, okay, you know, sounds like a mild bit of depression. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what are we going to do about it? And so they worked expeditiously to get me in to student health, and that next day we were talking about options. Um, and I actually put myself on antidepressants for a while, and my quality of life at that point in time, like it went from being super low, just living to make it through the day to having like a fulfilled life, seeing my relationships really, 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 really grow because I was able to focus on more than just being sad. Um, mm -hmm. And so I would say to anybody, not just freshmen, really pay attention to your mental health. Um, it, it's not something that's going to scream at you. It's not something that's going to pop up in your face and be like, hey, <laughs> you need some help. It, it's going to be little things. It's going to be you withdrawing or things like that. And not everybody's going to get depressed. But really pay attention to your body and really pay attention to your mind and seek help if you need it. Um, I don't know who's going to see this. I don't know who's going to hear it. But if you ever see me or you ever get to know me if you need anything of course come talk to me and i can always point you in the in in a good direction but just use the things that you have at your fingertips use the counseling center use student health talk to your friends join organizations and things like that um don't be afraid to get the help that you need so there's this weird stigma that people about it 
they won't talk about it. They won't get the help that they need. You know, if medications come into play, it's like, oh no, I don't, I don't want that. Try it. Just try it. Just try it. And I truly believe that if you use the resources around you, that you will feel a lot better. You'll feel a lot better. College is stressful. College is hard. Um, life is hard. All of these things that we've been told, they're all true. Mm-hmm. But you have to know how to take care of yourself while you're doing it. It's nothing like being in a stressful situation and feeling like you have no one to turn to. So yeah. I promise you, if you guys need anything, I'm literally right around the corner. Um, and if you can't reach me and you need to find a way to, I'm sure we can work something out. But ask those around you. Um, yeah. Definitely talk to talk to your teachers if you need to. You know, be... I would say more than anything, you just need to be open. You don't necessarily have to lay everything out on a piece of paper and say, I've got this, 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 and this going on. Um, and so you don't I help. can't do this. Yeah. But if you need to go to your teacher's office hours and be like, hey, I am really struggling mentally and physically and I'm trying. Um, but I was just wondering, is there a way that we could work this out to where my homework is now due a day later? Or I was wondering if we could work this out that I have a little bit of extra time on my test because my brain, I just can't concentrate. Mm-hmm. These teachers, will they'll work with you. They mm-hmm. will work with you. And so you just have to be honest and you have to be somewhat open. And yeah. um, really, like I said, I will stress this. Use your resources. Use your resources. Use your resources. If de-stressing for you is going to the doctor, then go to the doctor. If it's Cooking, uh, cook. If it is going to the gym, go to the student rec center. You know, we ECU just has so much to offer. And I hope that anyone who needs anything, they, they know exactly where to go. Yeah. And 100% use your resources. And I'm glad you mentioned teachers because I your teacher is your resource. And I don't know why. I mean, I used to be scared to talk to my professors because it was like, oh, they don't want to hear from me. Like, I'm just another one of their one of their 250 students, like they don't need a, they're not gonna understand. They're not my friend, this is just a teacher. If you talk to these people, they're people. I think if anything, more than anything, they appreciate honesty, like being able to stand up for yourself and coming to them and just saying, I'm struggling. Yeah. They wanna help you, they wanna talk to you. They They wanna see you succeed. And that's it. And these people are not here to to have it out for you. Like, that's not why they're here. They're going to teach you, like you said, like a grown adult. They are in the mindset of you're here for class and I'm here to teach class and that's what I'm going to do. But having that extra conversation with, with a teacher could really help you. It could, it could really help you. I had an amazing teacher last semester who was able to look at me and she said, Jonna, are you okay? And I'm like, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, tired I'm irritable I don't eat I barely sleep you know I've got all this stuff going on and she's like just let me know what you need please let me know what you need if if you need an extension I can work with you if if you need to take a day out of class let me know let me know you're gonna have to speak up either way you look at it so definitely talk to talk to those teachers definitely use your resources find out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And I would say more than anything, you have to have a good a good support system. That could be a friend, that could be your family, it could be 
pretty much anyone. Yeah. Um, as long as they have their best intention for you. But sometimes it's it's going to be that night that you are in Joiner Library. You have no money in your account. You've had three cups of Starbucks. You are hungry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to walk to the dining hall. Oh. You are eating cake pops from Starbucks. And you're like, you know what? I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm, up. I'm done. You need to have that one person who's going to be like, um, you can take a break. That's fine. But then you're going to get back up on it and you're going to finish it. Yeah. And so those people for me, they have been my best friends. Um, the name a few, Ajane, Chelsea and Aaron, they have all been there for me and they have been like the best light in any, any sort of darkness. And Angels. it's just amazing to have somebody who truly wants to see you succeed, not for their own personal benefit, because they know that you can, they know that you would, you would be great doing it. So definitely have that support system. We are all we have, you know, like. These people are going through these people, ECU students, all college students, like we're all trying to figure this out together. And that's why I'm like a big go talk to your teachers, go use your counselor, use every resource that you are paying for. Go use it because that's the one that you're here to help you. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to break down and cry and like. And that's it. You never really know how just like tired you are until somebody looks at you and they're like, are you okay? And you're like, <laughs> like <laughs> everything. And that's fine. It's, it's happened to me a couple of times. It happened to me walking to class. I'm like walking by <laughs> tears falling down my face. And I'm like, gotta get to class. Oh, gotta get to class. So it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And it's okay. That's a good thing to take away from it. Well, Miss Jonna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for all this great, great advice and just your kind words and honest words of wisdom. I, I feel like I even needed to hear some of what you just said today. So you are definitely a blessing in disguise. Thank, um, you. thank you for having me. I really appreciate it course um hopefully i can have you back in the future once we can be together again face to face just let me know girl okay (laughs) um is there any last words or any last piece of advice that you would like to give to anyone in our great big pirate nation absolutely um you all have this you all have this i promise you no matter what shred of doubt that you may have in your mind you've got it you've got it you've made it through 100% of your tough days, 100%. And so I believe in everyone. And there is a reason that you're here. There's a reason that you're in Pirate Nation. And pirates, we don't give up, okay? So whatever your route may be, if it's four years, if it's four and a half, if it's five, if it's you taking some time away and coming back, if it's you struggling the first two years and coming back super strong, you've got it. And I cannot wait to see all the amazing things that Pirate Nation is going to do. I love, I love you so much. Thank you so much for joining me today. Anyone listening, of course, go see Mama John if you need any help at all. I would say, I mean, you guys can by all means come to me too, but clearly. (laughs) Jonna um, and everyone listening to this, we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. Bye. Bye.